Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number nine. I'm Dave. And I'm Ashley. We're a couple getting to know each other better by identifying each other's pop culture blind spots and sharing the essential movies and guilty pleasures of our pasts. This week, what's the movie that you chose for us? I chose Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is a, I'm going to say, wonderful 1994 Australian comedy. Um... And it tells the story of three drag queens on the road to self-discovery. They grab a bus from Sydney to all the way across the desert, the outback, to Alice Springs on a journey of self-discovery. You have Terrence Stamp Mm -hmm. as Bernadette. Mm -hmm. You have uh, uh, Hugo Weaving as Mitzi. Mm -hmm. And our final character is the wonderful Guy Pierce, Guy Pierce of LA Confidential and many other films um, as what's his name in the movie? Uh, Felicia or Adam, depending. I think I'm going to go with Felicia. I like Felicia. I think the gals would like it if if we go by their real (laughs) names. So (laughs) can you tell us why you chose Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? Boy, I love this film. I don't remember when I saw it for the first time. It was sometime in my teen years. Um, I just, I, the characters are fun and funny. The soundtrack is awesome. The story is great. It's just a really great sort of funny little film. Um, I mean, I guess the only other thing I can think of as to why it's important to me is my, my high school boyfriend was gay. And so like in like, we were good good friends after we broke up and weren't dating anymore. So, like, you know, our friend group went through this whole phase where we had to find out about all about gay culture. And, like, right, this right. is one of those movies that we watched to sort of find out what gay culture was like outside of a small West Texas town. Yeah. You know, um, and it's funny because in the movie they're going from a big city to all these little weird, yeah. gross towns in some of them are gross. Some of them are nice towns. In Little Australia. out of the way Hicksville yeah. towns. The Australian equivalent of, kind yeah. of out in the middle of nowhere. It's a, the Australian equivalent of Leveland, you know. Oh, hey. <laughs> Maybe you have other connections yeah, to this movie, being, being stuck somewhere. Yeah. But it's neat because they do the reverse trip. They start yeah. out in the big city and have to go out into the desert, into the little towns to kind of find themselves. Yeah. It's, I love it. So... Um, I have no real history with this movie, which is weird because, like, I grew up in San Francisco and um, my sister and I lived in the Castro for a while. And so some of this kind of drag queen culture would, you know, just pop up on the street sometime (laughs) while you're waiting in line for a movie. All of a sudden there's a couple of (laughs) there's a couple of girls like singing, um, you know, uh, Johnny Cash songs and Mm. whatever. Um, But I never I think I I think that I started to watch this one night and got sleepy. So mm. I have a sleepy history with this movie. So <laughs> full disclosure is I, I was too tired to watch this yeah. when we started watching when the first time we watched yeah. this about two weeks ago so that I was like awake. But the last half hour I was kind of like so fighting sleep that it kind of messed up like my sense of the whole movie. So I just rewatched the last half of yeah. it just now, right before we re- re- we are recording and um, I'm really glad I did because I have so much, I I love it so much more now that I, that it all coheres. Well, I can see how it would be because it, it is kind of a slow, I mean, it's very character driven. There's not a lot, there's little episodes of things that happen in the little towns that they go to, but there's not like, 
you know, the, they set up a mission at the beginning. They want to go um, stand in drag on on the edge of a canyon in, in Alice Springs. Um, so that's sort of their mission. Yeah, but, but everyone has a mission, yeah, too, because they each have their own personal reasons that they're on this journey. Um, I love the opening of the movie, and I have mm. to like argue yeah. with you for a second about it being slow. Because I, yeah. I, if you go back, like I did the yeah. other day, and I rewatched the first ten minutes of the movie, it's like boom, boom. by nine well, by that. nine minutes in the movie, they're in they're in the bus on the road. I mean, and it has that wonderful opening that starts with um, uh, Hugo Weaving doing a show, and he's singing that song. Um, I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I hope we get back to like the song choices at yeah. some point, because I love that that's the first song in the movie. And you can see in his performance of that, like how lost in the song and how beautiful a moment is to him and how beautiful it sounds. And then it cuts to this terrible audience that like throws a beer can at him and all that. Yeah. And he ends up in his dressing room, like practically in tears. Like I can't do this anymore in this situation and I need to get out of here. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice how it opens up. Yeah, so uh, you're right. It does kind of establish everybody's reasons for going from their big city life that they have to this small little town to do a drag show. Um, and uh, Bernadette, her reason for going is that uh, she's just lost her, her very young husband. 25 years old. 25 years old. Trumpet. He died in some sort of accident or something like he that. He died in an accident. I, had, I didn't catch it the first yeah. time. This, the second time he died in an accident, having, breathing the fumes from uh, his peroxide for his hair. Oh, for his and hair, slipped in the right. tub or something <laughs> like that. So, so it's established as being a little tongue-in-cheek, even in the sort of dramatic moments. Um, but, you know, I think it still manages to get at the heart, because Bernadette is really searching for some degree of normalcy in her life. She's Well, she's searching for love. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... So I feel like they're all searching for connection in their yeah. own way, all of yeah. them, even the silliest one. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to take Guy Pierce. The, and that character as seriously. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know if I had seen clips of the movie before or just my memory of the posters in the trailer, but I was kind of worried that all three of them were going to be like super over the top campy, like the mm. guy Pierce thing. And it's not like that at all. No, they're really well balanced. I think he's like that. And he's the comic relief and he's the fun one and the silly one and the one that irritates everybody. You know, you have to have somebody who's just over the top and like always singing, always mincing around. Um, He does his showcases standing on the bus going through the desert with flowing like, you know, silver things (laughs) and pink smoke and all that. He's well, it's. (laughs) It seems like I don't, I don't. They don't go into his history a whole lot. There are a few flashbacks throughout the whole movie, but it seems like he's younger than the other two, and and he's just he's still in the stage where everything is fun and he loves dressing up. And whereas, like, I feel like, um, and he's actually still kind of yeah. calling it at least playing it off as sort of a stage with his parents and kind of getting money out of them yeah. and stuff. That's how they buy the bus because he's. He gets money from his mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she <laughs> but, hopes he'll meet a nice girl in the but country. I feel like Mitzi and Bernadette, like they have been doing this drag thing for a while, and they're kind of like, you know, it's not quite the same thrill as it used to be because they've been doing it for you know twenty years or something like that. And then, well, Mitzi has other stuff on 
on his mind because um, he's going to go meet his his former wife, or I guess current I think wife. They're still married. They're still married. Current wife in Alice Springs. She's the one that's called them out to Alice Springs. And he has a son. We he find out that he's yeah. going off to sea <laughs> yeah. and bring back to Sydney to be a dad. Too for a while, you know. Yeah, well, I think and we it's get kind the idea. Of a vacation. You he know? was there for the birth, but hasn't been there much since. No. He's been in, away in Sydney the whole time, you know. So he's that's his mission. So his mission is, and and he has that kind of anxiety and anticipation. He's both nerves and excitement the whole time yeah. about what's it going to be like to have a son. Will he accept me? Can I pull this off? You yeah. Know, would I, would I, will I be a good dad? And he's got all of this stuff going on about wanting to be a dad and wanting to have that relationship with his kid, but he can't really talk about it with the other two because yeah. he has not. He's very slowly kind of opening up. Well, they up. made fun. They like they rip him all up and down for having a wife. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not all that forthcoming with. No. By the way. Yeah. I also have a kid. Well, I mean, I just think about in 1994. You know, how many, you know, gay families were visible and like, so he's nervous about, you know, how this kid is going to react. Although you find out that his mother is also gay. Um, I don't know if, oh, yeah. you, if you picked that up. But yeah, 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 no, he's so, um, uh, why can I not remember his name? Hugo Weaving. Yeah. He, he's Mitzi. gay. <laughs> Mitzi, Mitzi's gay. His wife is also gay and, mm-hmm. and, the, and talks about a girlfriend. But they had a kid together, yeah. so you do have this neat, you know, yeah. family, like alternative family situation that you know you did, definitely did not see very much of on screen. Even now, you don't see that much on screen. Nineteen ninety four, you certainly didn't have that. Well, I, I, you know, and I wonder just because you know his son Benji is a boy, you know, and you know, maybe he feels some sort of responsibility to model. Cause like, that's one of the things is when he finally does meet him, he starts dressing up all butch, you know, wearing he khaki clothes. Feel, and he does. <laughs> he worries that he's not going to be accepted for who he is. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So he totally over He's like, he can't spit. Right. Right. He dresses just, up in like a straight kind of like drag Auss- is what I Aussie call it. Cowboy <laughs> kind of gear. Let's go out. He was wearing a cowboy hat and cowboy hats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about each of, I mean, we've talked a lot yeah. about some about him, but let's talk about the other, the other two. Terrence Stamp, I think is just amazing. Isn't he wonderful? He, I just Bernadette is a fantastic character. She's now he's always had really expressive eyes, mm-hmm. but he so <sighs> Guy Pierce and Hugo Weaving, they're gay men, and it's kind of their job and their thing is that they're drag queens and they're mm-hmm. fantastic and they put on these shows. Um, Terrence Stamp as Bernadette is a, is a transsexual um, who's had the surgery and he's been living, you know like this for a long time yeah. and and he is just you, you get the sense that he's kind of tired of of the shows and the showcases and he really wants to kind of settle down yeah she she wants yes. to settle down <laughs> it's hard because i want to talk about terrence stamp as an, an actor, actor yeah <laughs> who's not trans but also the character as trans. Yeah. so she she finds her her uh prince charming in in bob on the way you know as this um guy who helps them out when their bus the bus breaks down, down. <laughs> somewhere i don't even know the name of that that little 
town well, somewhere. Well, first it breaks down in the middle of nowhere, and they keep trying to get help, and like that they get uh, they get uh, called out to the Aboriginal compound, and they perform for them. And then, but they can't help them. So then uh, Bernadette goes off and comes back with Bob, and they're finally able to get out of the little desert place they were stuck in. And they go to Bob's town, wherever yeah. that they is. They meet this really great, older, easygoing guy <laughs> named Bob who's married to like some sort of mail order Thai bride or something yeah. who's from Which- the kind of adult circuit kind of thing, I guess. It's not the most. Um, flattering or politically correct portrayal no. of and i think and there are some missteps like that <laughs> yes. in the movie yeah but we're also i mean it's probably not good enough to always apologize for film because of the yeah. time period but to some extent you can well it's 94 though <laughs> i mean I, I think it's played for comic effect but it is a little um she's basically like you know the adult entertainer red light district adult entertainer from thailand kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. That's Who's a, just dying to break out of the house and put on a show involving lots of golf balls and ping pong balls. Ping pong balls. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, some things are better left to the imagination. And well, actually, and they do a pretty good job of leaving it to the that, imagination. That um, you know, men at bars in Australia prefer prefer the performances with ping pong balls than the drag show, which Bob wanted. You know, what's them a real shame yeah. is is how good their act is. Yeah. and how. Poorly, it's received through most of the movie. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but Bob is like excited right away. He's the one who drags them down to the local drags them down, ha, ha, drags <laughs> them down to the local bar because he thinks that his friends are going to love it. Well, he knew, and I, I can't. I don't know the exact, but he knew, he had been to Sydney and seen uh, a group that Bernadette was a part of, and he thought he was just over the moon that Bernadette was part of this drag group that he had seen Lay girls in yeah. Sydney's in Sydney, you know, years ago. So, I mean, that was the first kind of little connection between, you know, her and Bob is that, that she was in the show that he had seen. So, <laughs> but Bernadette and Bob both established a mutual kind of connection and yeah. flirtation, like, and respect for yeah. each other. It's not, they each kind of get a crush on each other. And, um, part of the journey of this movie is for them to realize a, that Bob should not be with the weird mail order bride. Yeah. <laughs> so why doesn't, why not? Why doesn't he just hop yeah. onto the bus with them and be their personal mechanic and, and continue the journey with them? And Bernie Bernadette, um, realizes that, you know, maybe this is, this is the guy or yeah. a guy who could work. And, you get to the point where she's willing to give this a shot by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they both seem quite happy. Yeah. <laughs> he brings it's her a, flowers. He's a, really romantic and, and she calls him a gentleman. Yeah. I think a couple of times, like she really respects the way he respects her and, and you know, they can talk to each other and they share stuff with yeah. each other. Well, it's something in the description of like when she's talking about her, her husband who died, um, she, it's just, she made it seem like that he was just interested in her in like a fetish sort of way, yeah. not in a, like, you're a genuine person that I'm interested in and that I care about. Whereas Bob was very much interested in Bernadette as a person. And, yeah, you know, unfortunately that's sort of a, a, a dichotomy that, that a lot of trans people have to deal with is, you know. Well, and not only is she trans, but she's older trans. Yeah. She's probably 60 or yeah. something. Um, so she's probably, I don't know, been in a position where maybe she 
felt like she had to settle for people who weren't right. Who played the trumpet. Who played the trumpet. (laughs) And whose only nickname is Trumpet. Is Trumpet, yeah. And and there's a trumpet on the (laughs) casket, I think we see when they do that. But I'm going to keep circling around the block to Terrence Stamp because they each have their own persona, their own way, their own fully formed character. And I love, like, she's more sophisticated. So she's more Lauren Bacall and Joan Crawford. And, um, whereas, um, uh, Guy Pierce, Guy Pierce's Felicia is all like flouncing around in really tacky clothes and like, (laughs) you know, sparkling glitter and like satin and, you know, terrible, bright colors and everything. (laughs) She's got the like subtle Bernadette has the subtle sort of like silvers and grays and has Mm. the, the long gray hair. And she kind of does that little flourish where she puts it, you know, she, (laughs) she's always kind of preening a little bit in a sort of sophisticated way, put tucking her hair back behind her ear. Um, (laughs) And it's this transformation of Terrence Stamp into Bernadette is like one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. He's, he's really great in that role. Um, I, I like to, think of like the comparison between you know because Bernadette just kind of handles anything that comes at them I mean like she's just kind of the cool cucumber throughout the whole thing uh uh Adam or uh Felicia is kind of like the very opposite and they always are catty against each other but like one example I can think of where like Felicia kind of really shows um you know his personality is that um Mitzi and and Adam get into a uh, card game and they bet, you know, Mitzi's like, don't talk about my wife anymore. Um, and then Adam's like, well, what do I get? Well, anyway, they lo- he loses the hand. And the the thing that he loses is that he has to go in this small town that they go into dressed in drag. In full, uh, like, Felicia-style drag, yeah, too, with yeah. the, like, you know, with giant the- beehive, like... <laughs> Purple hair and all so that. Mitzi lost. So it was supposed to just be him that went and drag in this little town. It's the first little town they show up in. But like Felicia's like, I'm not letting you be the only one. I'm gonna go dressed in drag too. So they go down the streets of this little town in uh, in Australia, um, you know, to get a hotel room and stuff like that. But he's totally game for all of the. And they actually get into kind of a scrape in that bar where the locals are like, get out of here. You know, that woman comes out of the back. And so (laughs) one of the fantastic contradictions about the Bernadette character is like the appearance of sophistication and, you know, the the older, brassier, like sophisticated woman. But she's got a mouth on her and Mm. she's tough as nails. And she's the one who beats people up drinks you under the table mm. always has the like really savage cause she's still got the yeah. deep voice and, and the Terrence stamp kind of thing. Mm. But, um, I love that contradiction. Yeah. She, she gets them out of so many of the, well, the and, scrapes, you know, later on when, when they end up in, I call it the Mad Max town. <laughs> it really looks like, you know, and they actually have, there's, you know, the men in that town are, are violent and they beat up Adam a little bit. Yeah. I think and, it's kind of the mining, mining town. Yeah. He says they're basically down in a hole blowing things up all day. They come up to like beat people up. Yeah. And drink beer. Yeah. Um, so it's actually, you know, it actually ends up being Bernadette who saves Adam from this terrible attack because, um, you know, she, she actually, you know, knows how to defend herself. And so she beats up the guy that was sort of the ling, the ringleader of the, of the the mob, I guess. 
<laughs> um, but then she has this nice scene with Adam afterwards where she talks about how she had to learn to be tough, you know, you know, and, you know, she was, you know, assume, I assume living as a woman back at, in a time, even not as, mm-hmm. not as, you know, welcoming as 94 yeah. would be, which yeah. wouldn't be terribly welcoming, you know, not like we are, we are now, but, you know. One of the things that some of them realize is that the terrible kind of shithole life they thought they were leaving in Sydney might not have been all that bad. Yeah. She's, well, she says um, that the city protects them. The city it protected provides, them. you know, a layer of protection that... And what this means is that you get to come full circle at the end after the journey out all the way out to Alice Springs. That's taken, I don't know how long, a week or so. Yeah, because they keep down. breaking down. <laughs> yeah, so they end up they've they've reclaimed um, the son, the little boy, mm-hmm. and brought Benji. him back. To, yeah, Benji brought Benji back to the Sydney, and they have the joyous return of getting to. They've not only paid off their visit to the canyon to yeah. stand uh, on high, you know, be, be among uh, God and nature and the majesty of this this magnificent desert canyon in full drag. Yeah, but they get to go full circle back home and do the the big ABBA number that yes. they've been kind of alluding to the whole time, but they're not allowed to really. Well, Bernadette hates ABBA. Hates ABBA. Don't and she doesn't, don't ABBA. talk about ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that great scene where, where he's like, don't talk about like, <laughs> yeah. like no talking about, you know, the, your dresses, your hair, you know, dicks and ABBA and whatever. And, and Hugo Weaving is like, well, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. There's nothing left. <laughs> Well, I like the relationship that they set up because that's pretty early. I think it's when they first get on the bus. But, you know, Felicia and Mitzi are sitting together kind of gossiping and drinking and being kind of, you know, gossipily, giggly. And Bernadette is driving the the bus. And, you know, you see the characters pretty clearly that Hugo Weaving can get drawn into that sort of silliness that Adam brings, but then he also can turn around and be more responsible and more like Bernadette. And there's lots of scenes where, you know, Bernadette and, and Mitzi are sitting together talking about serious things. Like they have those sorts of conversations. Yeah, Mitzi's too. kind of the connector between the two. Mm-hmm. And he's also more, I think, the viewpoint character. And yeah. we're mostly invested in his journey, I think. Yeah, but I I don't know. I think him and Bernadette kind of share the yeah. the through line. Like, I don't feel like um, Felicia Let's has as Felicia. much growing. Let's cope you know? with Felicia's journey. <laughs> I you know I think Felicia's just along. She, like, he thinks everything's wonderful, just along for the ride. And I think you know, a lot of it is also the kind of growing pains thing mm. that you mentioned before, that he's still kind of figuring it all out and still just having fun with it. Yeah. Well, And, and I there's a lot of, I think, of a protective layer of just, yeah. like, out there in your face kind of... I mean, look at the situations he gets into, particularly in the one where he gets all dolled up and then goes to mess with those terrible drunken minor guys i mean he's really asking for something to happen sort of yeah well and i kind of wonder we don't find out where he grew up but i mean i assume if he grew up in a small town or grew up in a time when 
people were less accepting of those sorts yeah. of things, then he would have known that that wasn't a situation. But so I don't know if 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 he grew up in that protective bubble of the city and is just now for the first time going out to other places where people don't accept and don't um, that maybe he didn't realize the danger that was there. You know, I think. I, well, it's also alluded to that he popped some pills right before he goes into yeah, that situation too, yeah. and I think there, like, he had a judgment lapse mm-hmm. partly. Yeah, and he's kind of maybe lost a, a sort of self protective mechanism that he might <laughs> yeah. normally have. I don't know. He's, he's just well, the fact that he went out by himself. He went out by himself yeah. into the dark where there's just kind of a gathering of of these sort of rough and tumble guys hanging around drinking beer and looking for a fight basically well, it's, it's so and he f- doesn't even really play <laughs> yeah. woman all the way either yeah. he you know yeah well <laughs> he's kind of talking in his normal voice <laughs> it's interesting cuz like i i don't i this perspective is interesting to think about because yeah. like i as a woman yeah would never do that right you know but guy <laughs> pierce is yeah. a huge buff guy who happens to be in drag yeah i mean the thing that gives him away is when he reaches for his glass and they look at his big muscular arm he he has yeah pretty muscular he has pretty muscular arms (laughs) yeah kind of the one thing that didn't work with with the look but but. he wasn't prepared for i I mean i don't think he was prepared for that reaction you know no yeah no i don't think he he sensed any danger or was I think he thought the worst would be some like words exchanged or something like cat that call, like he doesn't mind yeah. a verbal tussle yeah. he likes to kind of you know slag people off and you know make fun <laughs> and that's kind of his role in the bus mm. with, the, with his friends he's just kind of irritating to them yeah <laughs> so i don't know for me his character isn't as fully realized yeah. as the other two maybe it's there or maybe he's just such a different type of person but mm. I tended to be more irritated with him in the way that the other two, yeah. the other two were. Um, I don't know. I I like you know he brings. I think that the other two without him there would be kind of dour a lot of the time. Oh, you know, yeah. he like he brings joy and well, life brings, and light. He you makes know. it the party bus. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, without him, you don't have half of the musical numbers no. in the movie. Yeah. You don't have him. Floating on top with the the gown, you know, yeah. singing lip syncing opera, opera yeah. arias. <laughs> well, I actually think that Guy Pierce was the best lip syncer. Like if you watch the um, oh, I the was scenes, hooked. he's really good. You know, I was hooked from the moment like he's it opens with him yeah. in close up singing. Um, I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. No, that one's um, Mitzi. That's Hugo Weaving. Oh. I thought that's who you were talking about. Okay, no, no. I actually think Guy Pierce um, is a better lip is a better lip syncer as far as that. And like, so I love. There's a whole. There's a whole great number set to. um, Finally, I can't remember the artist who sings. Finally, it's happened to me. Anyway, um, this is the big payoff number at the end, end. where you finally get to see their whole. And they have these fantastic costumes. Like one of them's an ostrich, and one of them they're dressed up like Marie Antoinette. Um, my favorite one are the lizard, the fighting, the Australian like fighting lizards that like yeah. throw up their big um, like their, hoods or something. Yeah, <laughs> um, which and 
Terrence Stamp's mouth on that, like he and tongue. It's pretty scary. And anyway, that scene Bernadette is amazing. Looks very lizard-like in that scene. <laughs> it's true. Um, but I like the the, the costumes, ostrich costumes. The numbers are the the performances, the lip syncing, the the facial expressions, yeah, it's the so good. physicality is really fantastic well and then the people of alice springs are kind of like unimpressed <laughs> yeah so is this movie a musical i i think it is i mean i and i love the soundtrack i just there is not a song Do you have the soundtrack i don't i don't but i by the time we got to the end i was like this would be a really fun soundtrack to put on in yeah the, you know we were both kind of singing mama mia <laughs> at the end in the bus well as you know that's you know, ABBA is like contagious and it's, yeah. it's perfect for this particular, but I particularly love, there's a Patty Page song that they sing throughout the movie. The guy Pierce yeah. sings or Felicia sings throughout the movie. And it's, um, I don't care if the sun don't shine. That's and Patty Page. It's Patty okay, Page. I, didn't, I yeah. couldn't place who it was. Um, so that's one that like, whenever I saw this, it was back in the Napster days. Yeah. So I downloaded off of Napster this song and then it was part of like, my, you know, burned MP3 CD that I carried around with me for 15 years or something like that was that song. Um, <laughs> I well, just love it. It's great. By the end of the movie, I was like, I want to make a case that this is a musical because mm. it had like, think of how many of the moments on this episodic journey have that kind of sudden song or musical number. Yeah. I mean, it all hangs together. And then another thing it does that a good musical does is the song choices often counterpoint the emotional yeah. experience that they're having at that moment. So, I mean, forget for a moment about the aria, which is yeah. like a beautiful moment for, yeah. for Guy Pierce, but the opening of the thing that I've been to paradise, but never been to completely sets up yeah. like his discontent and his need to go and the journey he's about to go on. And he has to go from here to there and be genuine and true and find his family, find his son and come out. Yeah. Like he thinks he's coming out to his son. I think we decided his son was probably already knew that he was gay and a drag queen yeah. and it's not a big deal at all, which is wonderful. Yeah. But so you have that musical number and the finally one, all three of them, it's at the end of that journey. Oh, yeah. And so you have this joyous moment of finally, and I don't know the rest of that lyric, but it's like, that's kind of that payoff number for them emotionally, just like you would get in a musical. I didn't even think about that, but like one of the songs in the middle is I will survive. Um, yeah. which is what they play to the, the, Aborigines the Aborigines yeah, out in the desert, you know, and full performance yeah. in the whole thing <laughs> with Gator. the campfire of <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the Aborigines sitting around the campfire. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's one of those great bizarre juxtapositions, yeah. you know, <laughs> the, and they're doing the whole, I will survive. It's so good. Yeah. It's a good, yeah, I, I definitely think that that this is a musical. I, you know, I was looking at the whole soundtrack, and it's just, it's it's fun. You know, it's silly. It's it's just really interesting. Good choices in music, and and it actually has been made into a stage musical at this point. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, it would yeah, translate so yeah. well. <laughs> I think it's playing in London. Oh, yeah. Is it really? I think so. Oh, yeah. Spoiler, we're going to go to London in about a month, right? Yes. We should record an episode when we're in London. Maybe we should. But then we'd have to see a movie there. And carry the mic. And carry the mic. <laughs> okay. Shh. We're hiding the mic in the in the uh, suitcase. It's not like it's contraband or anything like that. Um, so are there, is there, do you have any other thoughts on the movie that you want to say before we kind of? 
I just, this is another one of those that the characters are so strong that it just carries the movie. I just, to me, it's, it's just, it's fun and really enjoyable, but it gets at some serious issues too, you know, life issues. Um, but I just, it's just one of those movies that I come back to again and again. It's, it's just that enjoyable for me. So, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really fun. It was really funny, but it also um, had a lot of depth to it that I didn't know I was in for. Yeah, I really didn't know that the characters would go on that m- much of a journey. Yeah. you know, so it f- feels rewarding. By the time it, you, you know, you didn't just have a good time; you got to bring them to a better place in their life, having been through a lot of stuff to get there. You um, know, one thing that we didn't mention is yeah. who Priscilla is. And Priscilla is the bus. Um, she's the bus that they paint lavender. <laughs> yes. But Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, sounds like one of those terrible, like, 1920s um, silent movie adventure It does, kind it of does. Things, but think... it is actually the, the, the bus which is sort of drives a lot of the plot, you know. Yeah. All of the stopping and starting is because the bus is being temperamental. Something I don't think we really talked about, but I just want to put in there, is it's a beautiful movie to look at oh yeah if like when we tell you it's you know they're in a bus driving through the desert you're thinking "Eh, bus bus driving through the desert brown and all that kind of stuff this movie has such an explosion of like primary colors Mm. and the um the direction is so great the camera's always moving it just feels really kinetic you know the camera's always kind of pushing in and following them around and it, it's just feels really it's got so much life yeah and um color yeah well and you know it, it's it, not just their costumes it's like the desert you see it's like you know it's that kind of red mm-hmm. australian desert with green scrub and you know it's not like you know mojave desert or something no it's 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 a very interesting landscape and it makes for from very striking images a lot of times they'll have um you know shots of of uh, Mitzi practicing for the drag show in drag in this like desert atmosphere. And like, there's nothing around, but this, no. you know, chalky and it's beautiful blue against the chalky background. Or, and the you like know. six mile long train flapping. Yeah. We've already mentioned it, but yeah. on sta- you know, uh, Felicia on top of the bus as they're driving through the desert, performing arias or lip syncing with that huge, just train like billowing out. Amazing images, some of those. Anyway, it's memorable. Yeah, it is. It's a great movie. So, um, so this is another one of the good things about the podcast is I don't know why I've never seen this movie before, but I really loved seeing it. So I'm glad you (laughs) brought it back to my attention. Or maybe your mom gave it to me, sort of, kind of for so oddly, I asked for it on on my Amazon list, and she gave it to you in your stocking, which is. I think she just felt like she needed to throw another gift. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Whoever it was intended for, we both enjoyed watching it together, which is how it should go. Yeah. So any any last thoughts? Uh, all right, well, I guess that's about all we have time for this week. So um, thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please tell your friends or write a review on iTunes, and that'll help help other people find us. If you ever have any feedback or want to shoot us an email about a movie we're talking about or um, something like that, you can write us at shutupwatchthis at gmail.com. 
um, or you can find us on Facebook, Shut Up and Watch This. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So keep listening and we'll be back in two weeks. I haven't chosen the movie yet, so um, it'll be a surprise, I guess. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.